This episode of All I Want for Christmas is This Podcast is brought to you by the TV Guide Podcast Network and Golden Age, an award season's podcast. Join TV Guide Editor-in-Chief Christopher Rosen every Friday as he tracks the ups and downs of award season in the time of streaming platforms. Will Netflix win its first Best Picture? How can Disney Plus and Apple TV Plus shape the future of the future? What do you need to know between now and the 2020 Oscars? Subscribe now to Golden Age wherever you stream your podcasts for the answers. Season's greetings and welcome to TV Guides. All I want for Christmas is this podcast. I'm your host, Julia Lechner, and I'm rocking around the Christmas tree and into your podcast feed every Tuesday and Thursday this holiday season to break down the must-watch seasonal films you need to see this year. A little later in the show, we're going to hear from actress Melissa Joan Hart about her new Lifetime movie, Christmas Reservations. But first, I am joined by Entertainment Tonight's senior editor of TV, Filiana Ng. She is here to chat about Hallmark Channel's big seasonal kickoff movie, Christmas Wishes and Mistletoe Kisses. Welcome to the show, Filiana. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Please tell our listenership a little bit about your Christmas movie fandom. You are a, you're a big fan of these movies. I am, yes. I think that's putting it lightly, but um, yes, I love, absolutely love this time of year. Um, I am a huge fan of, of all Christmas movies from Hallmark, Lifetime, Netflix. Um, yeah, I don't, it, it, it's, words cannot describe how much I absolutely adore these. Wonderful. They just make me feel so like warm and cozy inside. I am so glad to have you here for our kickoff episode because we are talking about Hallmark's first big seasonal movie of the year, which premiered on October 26th. That's right, before Halloween. What is Halloween? <laughs> Check your local listings to see when it's re airing. And uh, hopefully, a lot of you have already seen it. If you haven't, really easy summary Christmas wishes and mistletoe kisses. Weeks before Christmas, Abby, played by Jill Wagner, is hired to decorate the estate of businessman Nick, played by Matthew Davis. She must break down the wall between her and Nick, all while keeping the holiday spirit alive. And that's all Hallmark had to say about that movie. (laughs) That is the movie. I love that they don't say what Nick's business is, um, because I still don't understand what Nick does for a living, but I know it's important. Yeah. And he wears a suit. He wears a suit. He has. He seems to have a lot of money. Uh, he has employees who work for him. At least one. At least one, or or several, at times when there's like the ballroom, right? And then you see other people, like milling about, and you're just like, are they working for the company too? Yeah, but you're correct. We actually do not know specifics about the Sinclair group or, or whatever that company is called what do they a great do business name i don't know i know this is not um as whimsical to start with guys but i'm very confused <laughs> about nick's generic profession we know jill wagner abby is an interior designer mm-hmm. and she's there to decorate we cover that quite a bit yes. nick we don't know i hear specifics such as the quote sinclair is expanding mm-hmm. they are expanding into the southeast mm-hmm. i think and they would like to go international next year <laughs> the words merger <laughs> and cfo also mm-hmm. thrown out there beyond that who knows who knows it's not important but you know what <laughs> we don't need to know <laughs> he looks great he's got money and an estate that's enough <laughs> yes, that is apparently enough for Hallmark. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Um, early into the film, we see Jill Wagner setting up for Christmas, um, and we find out she has a job offer to come decorate this estate for a very wealthy man. Um, and she gets a job interview and goes in to talk to this gentleman and his associate, um, who is uh, Kate Newhall, Nick's colleague, um, is an actual monster. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe her. Just a truly mean person <laughs> early in the movie. Yes. A juicy villain, I guess I'll say. She definitely, they definitely set her up as the villain, um, someone you're supposed to hate, right? But I feel like Kate has a, had a really great arc. Um, I don't yeah. know how, like, we if we want to talk about that arc now or later, but she, she changes. She changes, evolves. She has an entire story. There's, there's something behind the eyes, like, <laughs> outside of just, you know, wanting to make uh, Abby's life miserable yeah but starts out in a job interview openly hostile uh mm -hmm. seemingly toward the the lead uh abby jill wagner who we're mm -hmm. rooting for um and again i know we're rooting for her i get why jill wagner is a hallmark star i will admit i have not seen all of her her work yet for the network but i understand why she is a heroine in these films she's very real Mm -hmm. She seems like someone I've met before. It does not feel like she's acting to me in these films. Like, this is somebody I, I know. Um, and I love that about how she plays the character. Um, you know, I don't think her job interview was strong. <laughs> it was awful. She had a bad interview, to be fair. She came in. She didn't confidently sell herself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she didn't have updated references. And granted, she had a reason, but she didn't really, like, explain it in a confident way that mm -hmm. made sense. And then when she was finished with the interview, proceeded to yell at the man who she was interviewing with, which is a big job interview no-no. But apparently he, like, loved it enough to be like, actually... I like you or something and I'm gonna get, yeah. I'm gonna hire you he called it spunk which is uh <laughs> interesting word but I would disagree but yeah. it's it's fine to each their own I suppose when Jill Wagner did it it came off as spunk I feel like I would have been <laughs> removed from the building <laughs> based on how she yes. acted um but it, it gets her the job and she's decorating this be this big beautiful house so they can use it as office space slash have a gala there for the children's hospital at the holidays I have a question for you I'm very confused because do they live there? Like, does he live there also? And does Kate live there also? Because it seems like they never leave that mansion. They work a lot. Um, so, I don't know. I think he is planning to live there. Okay, that's a little strange, don't you think? Yes. <laughs> but, they're, <laughs> um, but they're working there for the time being, apparently. Um, but they do plan to live there at some point. And Jill kind of does, too, because when she takes Nick out shopping for pieces for the house, she points out, this is a nice dining room table mm -hmm. people could have meals at. He doesn't even seem to really care. But looking at her, I was like, do what you got to do, girl. Like, furnish that house you want to live in someday. Yeah. Um, but it does seem like he's planning to maybe be there in the future as the company expands, and that's where he'll be based out of. Um, again, it's hard to know because um, the business is expanding, and we don't know what the business is Yeah, or where the headquarters are. Yep. Um, so the two of them get to, you know, she's trying to decorate the house. Nick is not really being as cooperative as she'd like. She, she needs to get to know her clients 
to understand how to decorate for them. Um, but luckily after, again, somewhat maybe not professionally going outside and yelling on the phone to her dad about why this job is difficult one day in, uh, Nick then decides to play ball and like help her a little bit with uh, giving his input on the furniture. Do you think that there was like a bit of a 180 for him? Like why did Nick decide after overhearing that phone call that he was going to all of a sudden be helpful? Because it didn't seem like there was enough beforehand to like to really I don't know in terms of just character stuff yeah to justify that a little you know ultimately um I just tried not to think too much about (laughs) what (laughs) I know I'm being real deep in 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 like Nick is um he's showered he's clean his suit is pressed (laughs) he seems to have it together um, professionally and hopefully personally, he's present. He shows up and responds mm-hmm. to her. Um, what's going on behind his eyes? I don't really know. <laughs> he's a he's a clean cut, good looking guy, and I don't feel like we necessarily get a lot of what his motivations are. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's there, and he t- seems to just want to like make it so she's not so upset, presumably. Um, but I don't really know other than little glimpses into he feels like he's maybe working a little too much and it's mm-hmm. not how he wants to spend his time anymore I it's difficult to know maybe his motivations <laughs> yeah I don't know I felt like it was a little bit I was like oh that's an interesting turn for him but you're right I'm thinking way too <laughs> deeply into it's okay. this it's okay characters to do <laughs> intentions and it's clear that that's not that important <laughs> When in when in doubt, I was like, you know, I think he's just a guy who is single and has it together, and he looks nice. And we're just gonna focus on on what Abby's up to right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this guy's here, and there's also a doctor here who's interested in Abby yes, too. Mike, um, Mike, and both of the men give her compliments, and they show up punctually for get-togethers and otherwise. We don't need to know a lot about what's going on <laughs> behind That's the faces. <laughs> Um, yeah, she ends up in a love triangle pretty early into the movie. What is your What are your thoughts on Mike? Because I actually quite liked Mike, and I even wrote down in my notes, like, in another universe, like, Mike and Abby, they would be the stars of their own movie, I, I th- feel like. I think we could have seen that version of the movie yeah. as well. Um, I feel like I get a little bit more personality out of Mike than Nick. Yeah. Um, but they both are... Again, they're there. We don't see them when they're doing their work, but we know they're like hardworking people and they look nice and they've put on seasonal sweaters and they're being polite to her. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, I don't really know how he spends his free time or what he thinks about the world. Um, he hangs out with his niece. <laughs> yes. A lot. And that's a positive. Which is great. Um, yeah. He, he works at the Children's Hospital, Children's Hospital and comes with a referral from his grandfather. Which is a plus which checks out exactly and beyond that we don't need to know know. what football team he roots for or what he does after hours we know he's a good guy (laughs) (laughs) all right now that we've broken down the men we're going to take a quick break we'll be back with more right after this and we are back um so we see abby setting up the house and she's getting to know nick a little bit better we get some gingerbread decorating montages abby is uh the mother to a young son who is missing a few of his teeth which is the cutest thing that you can do when casting a child in a movie um so obviously 
adorable points shot through the roof when mm-hmm. seeing this child. Um, we really get a lot of the things you want to see in a Christmas movie. Abby, by design, she decorates is her job. So lots of Christmas decorating scenes, making ornaments, making gingerbread houses. Um, she's helping her son get ready for a Christmas play. Um, which is a Christmas movie staple, and she's just dreaming of Christmas Eve snow. So they're really ticking off the boxes of Christmas terminology we want to hear and or see in a Hallmark seasonal movie. Yes. Um, I did notice, I know this is like, did you notice at one of the scenes, there's like the, you know, the town center, right? The town shuts down, everyone's like gathering in front of the Christmas tree, and they're going to light up the tree. This always happens in like a Hallmark Christmas movie. I feel like everyone just like shuts down and they're like, we're going to like convene in this, you know, center of town and see this happen. But there was one, this is me being obsessive, but like <laughs> there was a woman, a close up shot of a woman going up to the Christmas tree and I was like, oh, she's going to put an ornament on the town's, like, big tree. No, she took an ornament off the tree and then just, like, left. A thief. A thief. The town's anyway, thief. Anyway, that's been bothering <laughs> me, so I just thought I would bring that up. Oh, goodness. No, I'm. you know what? I'm glad you saw something and said something because it sounds like no one in that town did. And maybe they should. Just like, is this a thing? Anyway. I I mean, it could maybe be the tradition, like we're all taking an ornament from it at home, but without an explanation. uh, I think you saw burglary happen, (laughs) (laughs) which I didn't notice. I'm glad you pointed it out. I'm going to see that in the rewatch. Guys, tweet at us if you've seen (laughs) the mistletoe wishes thief, uh, the local town thief. Gosh, I didn't notice that. That's so worrying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's in the first like five minutes or something. Of the, of the I would movie. love if throughout the film there's just subtle things that go missing and people mention yeah. it, but they never really notice. Like, yeah. what happened to that um, snow cone? But you are correct, though. They did a lot of Christmas. It was a very Christmassy movie. Absolutely. Like, more so than the others, I, uh, than other kind of Hallmark movies. I feel like they've really upped their game in this one. Mm-hmm. It was like you couldn't, you'd like turn around or there's like, one scene after the next it's like there's a christmas tree there's like a wreath there's like the seasonal hot cocoa cart remember yeah which apparently you can only have hot cocoa during christmas time yeah lots of people are drinking from coffee and cocoa cups throughout the movie sweater game is Mm -hmm. is on point um we can tell that this is a holiday movie which Mm -hmm. is a big part of what you want is the world building a feeling like you're somewhere seasonal on october 26th um (laughs) (laughs) so i felt like i was there um otherwise the you know the conflict of the movie i loved that it it's not overly stressful. I've watched a few Christmas movies where people are having fights and falling outs and right. things are intense on Christmas Eve. And I don't want to watch too many family squabbles or upsetting things in a holiday movie. So really all the conflict is very light. She's just trying to do her best to decorate this house. She needs to have some FaceTime with Nick in order to do that. She's also trying to decide between a rich businessman and a rich doctor, which is you know what I mean, that's I a great like stress to you have you can't lose any I, either way like you, it's kind of a win-win situation but anyway absolutely and then she's just trying to get on time to things that her son is doing mm-hmm. but also he's got an MVP grandma grandpa who's there a really good grandpa in this movie great he's supporting so great. character um and we're just watching her go through the motions and we know what's going to happen in the end <laughs> which is what you want out of one of these movies. Um, And really the biggest conflict we see is Kate, who, as you mentioned, has an arc throughout the film. But Kate just 
kind of consistently shutting Abby down yes. um, early in the movie, but then becomes kind of like a girl boss at the end who wants to take over the company so Nick can have some more time at home. I actually really liked, I will, I will give Hallmark credit for allowing a strong woman like that who is so great at her job, you know, approach a CEO like Nick and say, no, I want a promotion. Give me the CFO position. Give me a salary bump. I want all these responsibilities. I'm doing a damn good job. Mm-hmm. Like, do this. And, or you know, and I'm so happy that they, like, kind of went there. I, I thought it was so appropriate for that character to really made me, like, love her in the end. Yeah, I'll admit, early in, I just remembered thinking, like, gosh, why is she being so rude to this other person? Like, I didn't feel like her, her abruptness was justified early in. But later on, when they kind of develop what she's all about, I really ended up, identifying with and rooting for her a bit more especially since Nick no longer seems whatever this business is he no longer (laughs) seems interested really in Mm -hmm. being as involved in the business Um, so she comes forward with a proposal to be his CFO and lays it out and kind of just says hey you're holding me back if you just get out of the way we can Sinclair whatever it is can go international by next year yeah, and she's been doing all the work. I just felt so, there was a point in the movie where I just felt so terrible for her. Like, everyone's just, like, dumping more work on her, like, expecting everything to be, you know, run smoothly. And Nick's just, like, ha- you know, hanging out with Abby, like, shopping for furniture and just not doing his job. Like, I don't know. I, I'm so glad that she had, like, a a really good resolution to her arc. Um, and they, yeah, and it was, I feel like it was justified. Mm-hmm. It made me really happy. And this was a moment my husband called out, which, of course, I guess I should have also seen coming. We get the sense that she might end up with the doctor at the end of the movie. Everyone gets a person at the end of the movie. Everyone is happy. I, yes, yes. Well, we, yes. I really liked um, the idea of Kate and Mike. I think that they're really interesting. And I kind of want a sequel. Yeah. Question mark? I guess really the only worry with them is both of them (laughs) seems to know what they want and they're out there doing it. So they might be put too put together, too resolved for a sequel, potentially. They would have to introduce a conflict, I guess. conflict. Yeah, because I really do admire in the end, both of them had all their ducks in a row and then just decided to couple up. And it seems like they have good heads on their shoulders. Yeah, it was great. I love seeing that. Um, But there was, but we have to. I, I do want to talk to you a little bit about Kate a little bit more because I feel like over the course of the movie, there was some strange, like, underlying tension, like, some sort of missing backstory history between Kate and Nick that I think we were missing. Like, it just really felt like, like, how did she get into business with him? Like, it seems like maybe they were more than friends at some point. When am I reading too much into this whole situation? Like, there's a, I had a lot of questions, like, throughout the movie about those two characters in particular. Mm. And it seemed like they were always alone at, like, late at night. And that it is was very thing. strange. Yeah, I, I will admit, offhand, I did not, I did not fill in a backstory wondering if they had potentially been more than colleagues. However, I did notice, granted, they're the two running things, but there weren't a lot of, you know pages interns secretary junior positions coming in and out a little bit to maybe flesh out the company so it does really make it seem like a two-person show though Mm -hmm. we know it's a very large successful company so there have to be more people working there but it it was difficult to know because we're really putting the whole company on the two people 
yeah anyway that was a question I had but yeah yeah I think what we're saying is we just want to know what Sinclair's all about yeah, if we can is, just get an employee need, introductory need video at least <laughs> <laughs> an orientation to know what the company is what their roles are what's happening um that could have been fleshed out a little bit more mm-hmm. it's hard to know but definitely the late nights are in you know that's a lot and it's weird when you're doing it in someone's what used to be their grandparents house yes and not an office yes um popping champagne to celebrate late at night I would want to go home to sleep um so it isn't difficult to know how friendly Mm -hmm. the two of them could be yeah I mean these are things I wonder about not important but (laughs) I mean they're important to me (laughs) these are questions that we have Um, um yeah one other hot take I will have um and I didn't know if I should bring it up uh I don't think Christmas plays are good for that children are in um Oh, I don't think we can just say a blanket statement. They're all good. Similar to graduations, you go because your kid is in it. But like the town itself is not all coming out. So, you know, someone's making an effort when they come to a child's play that their own child is not in. They don't have a child, but they're coming to see you and your kid. That's how you should know that they're expressing interest. So like when she has a date essentially at her child's show, Mm -hmm. it's like this person is very interested because I still don't know what the play was about, but at one point her son, again, very cute and missing teeth, comes out kind of dressed like in Thanksgiving yes, I, garb I, and then says something about how kisses are gross and runs off. Yeah, I don't actually know what the play was. They never really talk about that. No, I think a lot of children's plays are just coming out and presenting a line. Yes. Everyone gets a line, but I don't know what the play was. It didn't seem like a great play, but there are people there expressing interest so that was the thing that stood out to me of uh, nick and or doctor guy must be interested because they're like coming out and expressing an interest in this child's play yeah i think you're right that is a hot take i think that i decided to go bold with it again i support you all going to your children's plays this year but you know you just don't expect people to plus one to these plays right no that is a really good point it means that they're invested they want to see something happen yeah because you're not going to see good Mm -hmm. theater that is fair. We don't know. We don't know that what it's a, about. No, that's a really good point. That is a really good point. Yeah. I decided I to come out in episode one with some hot takes, but <laughs> I don't think the play looked good, but I think the kids looked cute. Yes. That's the most important thing, I think. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just remember the, the, um, her, Abby's father was holding like a box of those hand-painted ornaments. Yes. What was that for again? They needed the to make, yeah, to decorate oh. the, the tree. They volunteered to make a lot of ornaments for a tree. Okay, I see. Yeah. Cool. I awesome. mean, everyone's very Christmas focused. <laughs> yes, they are. For a lot of these movies, I know Nick ultimately felt like he was he was working too hard um, and needed more time. But to be fair, everyone else in town has kind of put a pause on life for mm-hmm. several weeks leading up to Christmas. There has to be a balance in there somewhere. There has There's to be. There's time for work and for play, you know? What did you think of Nick's grand gesture as Abby's father told him to, you know, make at the very end of the movie? The, you know, the grand gesture was difficult because all <laughs> Abby wished for was Christmas Eve snow, mm-hmm. which she gets. She got it. However, is, you know, not everyone can deliver on mother nature and i think nick does say i wanted to get a snow machine but i yes. couldn't so i hired the string quartet Ugh. um 
Only something like rich people would it's, say. It was it's a like... very rich people thing. <laughs> is what I thought. Like this is very sophisticated. But you were just at a performance with live music and stuff. Um, you know, I guess it was romantic. It didn't seem personalized in any way. Um, and I suppose similar to her earlier in the film calling out seeing a, a nutcracker and saying, I like yes. nutcrackers and my mom had nutcrackers and I have a nostalgia for it. So Nick just buys it for her. Um, I guess it's supposed to show he was listening and interested. But again, it's just kind of like a mon- like something that with money you can get for somebody. Yeah, it's just like something that doesn't really seem to have like a... Uh, a personal like meaning to it really outside of oh my mom liked nutcrackers and that's it yeah I had a guess of what I thought the grand gesture would be and then realized it was too goofy and not romantic um so when they're in the boathouse and they're going through things from Nick's childhood which a lot of what Abby does that impresses him as a designer is she just opens boxes from his childhood Mm -hmm. and then puts those things Mm -hmm. out in the house and then he'll be like where did you find this and she'll say I found it in the attic. Or your mom. Um, yeah, so a lot of it is just her unpacking stuff. Um, she finds this, like, elf kind of costume, this, like, Christmassy costume that Nick's mom used to wear when they celebrated yeah. Christmas as a kid. And he said, oh, my mom used to wear that elf kind oh, of costume. that would have been so sweet. And she found it in the boathouse. And I thought, what if at the end Nick walks out in this elf costume <laughs> And says like and brings back something from earlier in the movie because we never yes, see that again. And that would perfectly tie it back in. And then I guess I thought it might be weird for this six foot tall dashing actor to like walk That's out fair. in a costume with bells on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I kind of thought he was gonna walk out in that and like make it like his family Christmas. That would have been awesome to see though. Like <laughs> I actually missed that entire moment in the boathouse you said yes um, when they had their first near yeah. kiss moment oh my god there were so many almosts yeah. like there were maybe like five or six it yeah. was crazy we were just pining for the kiss but it just doesn't <sighs> happen yeah i thought we would either see elf costume or something involving holiday carolers right but that is nick's memory not her yeah memory but yeah it the grand gesture didn't have a personalized like remember when we baked cookies yeah i baked you one special cookie with a heart on it or <laughs> something special so, cookie. <laughs> some sort of memory of like earlier in the movie he just said like i had the money to find a violinist um and that- i mean well sorry to interrupt but like i do like that she somehow has a gazebo right there in front of her house like what kind of a town i, I wondered if he bought her the gazebo and decorated it and just like airlifted it like moved it yeah. in and then she's like Christmas i had a garden here what did you do oh, you put a gazebo God. on it i don't know if i'm making my daughter the gazebo <laughs> um now that i think of it nick's arc mm-hmm. because we don't get a lot of change from him throughout the movie again I, i'm not down on nick he's he's like a fine person um but i don't get a lot from nick what if nick's arc is he is because he is the actor matthew davis I recognize him from Legally Blonde. He yes. plays Elle Woods's boyfriend who dumps her so he can go to Harvard Law School mm-hmm. and leaves her behind. And then Elle Woods goes to Harvard and says, I can go to law school too, and proves him wrong. What if this is him grown up? Oh. This is the character from Legally Blonde, and he's just you kind of what? matured, and he's gotten it together, and he's learned from his past when he doubted Elle Woods, and now he's working for Sinclair, the family business. I see it. I don't think that's that big of a stretch, honestly. It really isn't. 
So it's a part of the universe of yeah. the Legally Blonde I universe. I wouldn't be surprised. It's totally possible. And honestly, <laughs> the more I think about it, the more like sense it makes. Yes, I'm down. Great. I'm into it. I didn't have to. Great. You don't. You didn't have to pitch. You know, push too hard. I think it could be that. So we've already seen his story before, and now he's a little yeah. more reserved, less cocky than the legally blonde college bro and maybe, who doubted his girlfriend. And maybe that's why you like he's he, he's like very guarded, like very reserved, very like buttoned up, like literally buttoned up with a suit mm-hmm. and tie and things like that. Yeah, so. he's matured and he's grown from it. Yeah, good. From his mistakes. Yep. Great. I'm glad I we love got it. that. Well, Filiana, we do something at the end of every episode where we rate between one and mm-hmm. five what we thought of the movie. Okay. Um, because of the name Christmas Wishes and Mistletoe Kisses, which I've been rehearsing saying for a month, <laughs> um, we would like to rate this movie between one and five mistletoe kisses. How okay. would you rate Christmas Wishes and Mistletoe Kisses? Can I have like a half? You can do whatever you'd like. Okay. It's the holiday season. I've thought about this ratings. Oh, this is a hard one. Um, because it's one of the first ones. I kind of want to be a little bit more conservative with my ratings. So I think I'm gonna give it maybe a three and a half mistletoe kisses. That yeah? is totally fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm okay, okay with cool. that. Great. Um, so again, Christmas wishes and mistletoe kisses. Uh, I'll keep my summary brief. We do see Christmas wishes. Snow. It happens on Christmas Eve. Do we see mistle kisses? Toe kisses? Yes. We see several near kisses under mm-hmm. mistletoe. And then we do get a kiss at the end. We see ornament making, gingerbread house decorating, a Christmas play starring a child who has no teeth or just some teeth, which <laughs> is very cute. We see all the things we want. I'm going to rate this movie five wow (laughs) mistletoe kisses we get all the things we want in a christmas Uh movie by the end of it yeah no if you're putting it if you're grading it on that guideline yes it completely checks all the boxes so right all the things we want they raised the money they needed for the children's hospital everyone went home happy nick got a new dining room table and which is kind of small, uh, yeah. by the way. Yeah. The more I think about that. You know, but they, they anyway, have time to expand. They have the rest of their lives to work. upgrade that kitchen. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, five. Five mistletoe five. kisses. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> and I that's like it. it. We did it. We did it. But, guys, we have more coming up right after this. So I'm going to thank you for joining us, Filiana. And then we're going to take a quick break. And we'll be right back with Melissa Joan Hart talking about her new Lifetime movie right after this. So, Melissa, thank you for joining us on TV Guide's All I Want for Christmas is this podcast. Fans know you from Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Melissa and Joey, and many more amazing titles. And you're also no stranger to holiday movies. And your latest is Christmas Reservations, premiering on Lifetime on Saturday, November 2nd. So can you tell our fans a little bit about Christmas Reservations? Yeah, sure. It's a really fun one for me. Um, When I read the script, I was like, this is interesting because as soon as people, so my, my father and I, Michael Gross, who plays my father from, you might know him from Family Ties and so many other amazing things. Um, we run an inn. We run, run like a, a lodge in the woods. And so um, all uh, these people show up almost every Christmas and they pull up out front. And as they get out of their cars, you can kind of tell already who's going to like fall in love with who. And so in that way, it felt a lot like the love boat. You know, I was like, it's really interesting because nobody really does anything these days where it's like so obvious who's going to fall in love. There's always a will they, won't they. And it was so fun to do something where it was like, oh, this is kind of obvious, but it's kind of fun. 
because you want to see how the story plays out. And so you see all these different couples and you go on these journeys with each of them as they go through different things, whether it's two sisters played by Marky Post and Gigi Rice, who are both fabulous and hilarious. And I love these girls dearly. And then Ted McKinley and his relationship that blooms. And um, it's just so such a nice, wonderful cast. We had so much fun and we got to film in Lake Tahoe, which was beautiful. That sounds amazing. And you are, your character is named Holly, who's an event coordinator at your family ski lodge. And can you tell us a bit about the relationship that blossoms for your character in the film? Yeah, so uh, my character um, is kind of walking past the lobby and looks and sees in the elevator that um, her ex-boyfriend is there, um, played by uh, Ricardo Chavez. And it, he's just such fun, and he's got his two kids with him. And all his kids want for Christmas is a dog, and they find a dog wandering around the inn and um, kind of make it their reindeer for the for the whole movie. And um, he and I get to kind of, you know, reminisce and, and, and talk about the past and why our relationship didn't work out and um, that he's now a widower. And the kind of romance starts to bloom, but it's, again, one of these, like, that's one of those will they, won't, won't they, because... He lives in um, in the big city with his family and has kids, and she takes care of the inn way up north, and um, you know, so it's trying to figure out if they should make it work and if it's worth it. And um, it's just fun; it's so beautiful. We have, you know, scenes where we're making snowmen and um, scenes where we're skiing and on the ski lift. And it was such fun because we were, when we were filming in May, there was still snow on the mountain, and so I still got to, I actually got to ski. We actually got to build snowmen. Um, you know, we had a lot of fun with all kinds of. Um, all kinds of snow fun, all kinds of scenery. And the fun thing was there were so many of us together all the time that we just had a blast on set. That sounds so magical. And what's your favorite element of working on a holiday movie? Is it the extensive winter wardrobe or being able to eat gingerbread any time of the year? That's the hard part is that I was constantly eating, like we were building gingerbread cookies or houses and, you know, there I'm nibbling on some of that, licking the icing off my finger and you know, I'm like, I'm going to be good. I'm going to be good. And then I'm not good. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the things I love about watching Lifetime movies is I feel like I go through every emotion possible while I'm watching something like Christmas Reservations. Can your f- fans expect a lot of laughs in this movie? Or are there any tearjerker moments? Like what, what can we expect to get from Christmas Reservations? You know, it's mainly feel good. It's mainly light and fun. But there are moments, there's real moments in it. Um, Marky Post characters dealing with a a, a dark diagnosis and um, she's holding this secret to herself and um, there's relationships that seem to want to flourish, but maybe they won't. And um, there's a young couple, um, a girl, a young girl from India who comes in with her grandma to look for colleges, but decides to kind of spend Christmas in this lodge and meets a boy that she falls for, but she's got to go off to college and she's from India. And, you know, it's, you know, there's a lot of fun, um, relationships that just kind of you watch them sort of go through the struggles that relationships go through so I do think you'll have I think you'll have a lot of laughs I think you'll have a lot of awe kind of moments and then a few like oh like where you want to tear up a little and is there anything that you got to do in this film that was a holiday movie first for you uh <laughs> we have this funny thing on set where because there is a dog in a lot of the scenes Sometimes we would pretend the dog was there, but we didn't need the dog there. So we did a lot of um, mime acting, and we made a lot of jokes about how Michael Gross was going to start a new um, acting class in L.A. for mime dog petting. Um, <laughs> we just did these really – I'll have to find them. I'll find them, and I'll post them on my Instagram in the next week. 
But we did this really funny, like, off-camera miming of the dog, and we each had a different way of doing it. Nobody liked the way I do it. They thought it looked very naughty. Um, <laughs> you know, and Michael had a way of doing it that I was like, that's too obvious that the dog's not there. You know, we all had our different ways of stroking this um, this fake dog, and it just was it just brought such giggles. Um, so it's probably the first time I've ever really mime act petting a dog. Um, so I, I think I can add that to the list now. Wow, another first. And you're starring opposite Ricardo Chimera, yeah. who a lot of people uh, know from Desperate Housewives. Um, what was it like working with him on the film and yeah. him playing your college sweetheart? It was wonderful. We had great chemistry. We had such fun. We had so much to talk about. Um, you know, just lots of side conversations. Where, uh, <laughs> sometimes it's hard to work when you get into these conversations with uh, co-stars and you just don't want to stop talking in order to stop and say the lines, you know, but, um, we had some fun. Like we had to ski and he was not a skier, but I was supposed to be teaching him to ski, but he, you know, that stuff was all very real to life, which was fun. Um, but yeah, we had, we had a blast and, um, we keep in touch now, which is nice. Very nice. And your film comes out on November 2nd, which is very early into the holiday movie season. So I'm interested to know when does the Christmas season start for you at home? You know, it does kind of start after Halloween, but not that soon after Halloween. <laughs> it seems a little crazy, but I guess Lifetime knows what they're doing with their viewers. They know what their viewers want. But uh, I do have to say, like, you know, a few years ago when Stranger Things came out, season two, I started watching it, but I felt like it was too close to Halloween. And as soon as Halloween was over, I no longer wanted to watch something scary. I was like, I'm already into Elf, you know. So um, I get it. I, I, I'm kind of a that on that bandwagon of like, you know, as soon as Halloween's over, I want to feel, I, I want to get into the feel of it. I want to start my Christmas list. I want to get my Christmas card pictures taken. You know, I want to get, I want to start checking things off the list, especially. And so, you know, it's nice to get into the holiday spirit. And if you're going to do your family photos in November, early November, and you're going to, you know, you get the family going, you put the tree up because someone's coming home from college and you want to have the tree up for Thanksgiving, then I get it. You know, like, Everybody is excited about that holiday season and loves, you know, it's the only time of year we get to listen to that music and eat those candies. So, you know, I think I I get that people get excited about it because I do too. And there's so many great movies to watch to get in the spirit early. And besides Christmas reservations, I know you mentioned Elf. Do you have any other seasonal favorites that help you get in the Christmas (laughs) spirit every year? Elf is definitely like a must watch, but we always have our list of must watch too. And then they differ from my husband and I, but uh, Christmas Vacation is a, a must watch. Um, Christmas Story has become, we showed our kids that maybe two years ago and they love it. So now that's a, we had such fun watching that as a family and kind of rediscovering it as adults and then introducing our kids to it. And so that's become a, a new classic in our household. Um, for me, I also really like Meet Me in St. Louis for Christmas, but nobody really watches that with me. That one is a classic. <laughs> um, but Mimi and St. Louis has a great, yeah, just, and of course that's where the song Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas comes from, the true version of the song by Judy Garland. And I just love the Christmas stuff in that movie, so it's always a good time to watch that. But, you know, once in a while we'll throw in a miracle on 34th Street if we have enough time. I feel like we always run out of time, though. You know, you always run out of time to watch all these movies. Yeah, that's why you have to start Halloween weekend, right? <laughs> I know, Exactly. <laughs> And um, are your sons watching? Do they watch Christmas reservations? Are they ready for Lifetime? Or do they have any requests for roles they'd like to see you in in future Christmas movies? Like your own elf costume? <laughs> no, not, not things like that. I mean, I'm sure they would all be like, hey, can you drive a Ferrari? And then I'll watch it so we can get in it and see it, you know, so we can get in and get a ride or whatever. Um, that's kind of how they base their decisions these days. But uh, they, um, 
they've you know in the past they've been in a lot of our Christmas movies. This year they did not make little cameos, but all their little friends did. So that was fun. Amazing. All right. Well, is there anything else you'd like to tell our listeners uh, before they stream Christmas reservations on November 2nd? No, I just I hope everybody enjoys it and uh, hit me up on Instagram and let me know what you think. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Melissa. And holiday movie fans, don't miss Melissa in Christmas Reservations premiering Saturday, November 2nd on Lifetime. Thanks again. And then, of course, you can still and then you can you can keep you can still enjoy also Holiday in Handcuffs and uh, Very Merry Toy Store and SantaCon and all the other ones. Yes, right make after it that. a movie marathon weekend. <laughs> exactly. All right. Thank you thank again, you. Melissa. Have a great holiday. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. And thank you very much to Filiana Ng, to Melissa Joan Hart, and to all of you for joining us on our first ever episode of All I Want for Christmas is this podcast. We will be back in your podcast feed this Thursday with an all-new episode. Please subscribe to follow the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you stream your podcasts. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Pod. And until next time, happy holidays. Happy holidays.